You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. The Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network is brought to you by Onyx Hunt. Bringing you the best GPS mapping software directly to your smartphone or desktop, Onyx offers you the ability to see property boundaries, mark waypoints, track your location, and so much more. Visit onyxmaps.com or you can download it directly from your app store today. Save 20% off of your purchase by using the code NATION20 at checkout. That's capital N NATION followed by the number 20. All right, everybody, you're listening to the Hunting Gear Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Johnson. And on this episode, we're going to be talking with Nate Grace from G5. Uh, You guys have probably seen the brand G5 on all of the uh, bow shop stores, a really popular broadhead manufacturer. And this episode is about that company g5 how it was started we talk about you know company history we talk about material we talk about design and a whole bunch of different things that go into manufacturing a broadhead so without further ado let's get into this episode all right we're still at the ata show and uh we are in the g5 booth with Nate Grace. Nate, how you doing, man? Doing good, thanks. Doing good. Before we uh, jump into this podcast, uh, what's your role in G5? Uh, I'm one of the owners, okay. and uh, I'm official title is Chief Design Officer. So all new products and uh, manufacturing of, of those are underneath me. Okay. So you get to sit down in the war room and come up with all the new designs and plans for broadhead releases and whatnot? Yeah, yeah, I'm responsible for them. They're not all my ideas, but yeah. Yeah. Well, the good ones are. Yeah. yeah. So I kind of want to ask a couple high-level questions uh, first because I think a broad, the broadhead market is unique to the, to the point that people are very passionate about the broadheads that they use and they are very brand loyal and they will, you know, every year on social media, you'll see these questions come up mechanicals versus broadheads. And if a guy doesn't agree with you, he's getting, he's getting smashed. And then another guy will come out and, Oh, I don't like that. You know, whatever. Right. So what, what is it about a broadhead that gets people so fired up? Well, it's the business end of the arrow, right? It's yeah. the, your first contact, yeah. you know, with the game animal. Um, so it means a lot. I mean, uh, you, a, it doesn't really matter what, what bow or, or arrow, once that, that broadhead contacts that animal, it's all up to the, that broadhead to do its job. Yeah. So uh, you have venison or you don't have venison. Yeah. You know, so I, I think it... 
it comes down to that. And I think a, a lot of guys, not like uh, the, the guys on the shows and stuff, where where they're slaying animals every week all over the over the world, consistently. You know, a lot of us, um, we get a couple chances a year, and that's it. Right. So, um, I think that's the reason it's people are so passionate about it. You know, I mean, uh, and that's why they're always searching for that you know the next best thing just the help because it it is it's the business end yeah um of the air it's what gets the job done yep right so i want to talk a little bit about how broadheads are designed like the first question i have for you is is there such thing as the perfect broadhead no no okay so with that answer how do you guys go into the thought process or the beginning stages of creating a new broadhead you know we come up with a maybe a a specific problem or or scenario you know like a you know whitetail hunter in the midwest like what would be the the most ideal head for them yeah and it's like well okay so you have some traditional guys you have some crossbow guys and maybe they're younger maybe some older um, vertical bow guys, you know, so that they all are wanting different things. And so we, we kind of put this story together of, of the problems that we're trying to solve. And then we kind of cater our design criteria around that. Okay. Um, you know, if, if you're a guy out West, you're typically taking longer range shots. Um, and, and there's a lot more wind, you know, on the inside of mountains and stuff, usually, you know, in the West or Midwest, you know, you're in the timber a lot more, right? Um, right. 10, 20 yard shot. So the conditions are different. You can get away with a huge head that could win plane, you know, in the Midwest where you couldn't out West, you know, right. those kind of situations um, all come up and kind of drive where we go and why, why we do. Yeah. So I want to, I want to talk about the look. If you, if you silhouette, let's say a certain fixed blade or mechanical broadheads, there's there's a chance a guy could say make the argument man they all look the same right right is that because of engineering and and science ba- like science based research that says this angle is the best angle on how and this this sharpness is the best the way to sharpen is the best is there is there a lot of engineering that goes into it oh absolutely um, I think some of it's just manufacturing you know I mean there's only so many ways that you can put a cutting edge on something so that kind of drives you know what maybe the blade edges or, or uh, you know those would look like um, ferrules you know there's only so many different ways to make a ferrule you use screw machines or you could do some milling uh, we use a lot of metal injection molding so we can mold features but still you're limited so there's a lot of that uh, but there are um, <clears throat> excuse me uh, design ge- geometries and stuff that do things uh, like our new m3 this year mm-hmm. is ventless um, and some of the geometry in that we designed that specifically to be quieter than our original montec that cut out uh, in the blade or the window the vent whatever you want to call that that back feature there was creating noise yeah and so right. we we worked on that geometry specifically to reduce noise okay um so did you yeah. guys do any like sound research on, oh, yeah. on that yeah absolutely i mean that's um 
the saying in, in our company is you're only as good as you can measure. Yeah. Um, so we spend a lot of time trying to figure out ways to measure things, and that was one of them, obviously, is how yeah. do you measure a broadhead traveling 180 miles an hour in midair? How, how do you capture that? Yeah. So we developed uh, shooting tubes and, and this whole system that we took us a few days to build. And we, we shot all kinds of different uh, bows and arrows and setups and speeds and different broadhead shapes. We machined all kinds of different things there. Um, yeah, it took a while for us to, uh, to come up with that yeah. specific shape. Was the, uh, can you put a, a value to it? Was there a percentage that the noise dropped? or, or uh, We were able decibels? to reduce it by three decibels. Okay. Um, and there was a tonal quality that I don't know... Um, I'd have to talk to one of the other engineers in our, that understands sound a little better, but there's a tonal quality as well that we're able to change. Um, That's nuts. It's, but, it's crazy that... But but people are that sensitive. Yes. It, it's not just a decibel loudness. It, it is also uh, a tonal thing, uh, just like Harley, right? Yeah. I mean, it's it's not a loudness thing. It's it's a tone that they're going for. Right. And that's crazy because I, I can remember, way, this was a long time ago, um, before I was shooting the broadheads that I shoot now, I you know, went to the store, got them, and I shot, you know, I shot them a couple times, didn't even think about the noise, and then in a quiet environment, doe came out, made yep. a huge noise, she, she ducked the arrow, and it was, it was over from there. Yep. So it, it's things that you don't think about like the comment the end user doesn't really think about that actually sounds like it plays a pretty important role oh absolutely absolutely yeah yeah noise is a especially for us bow hunters that are trying to get within 30 yards or right. less um, right. that, that's a, a big deal so what about angle i mean is ang angle of a blade significant it's part of the equation for penetration, but it's not the only one. Um, yeah. And it, Dr. Ashby um, uh, has done a lot of research and, and everything over the last, uh, I don't know, 20 years or so. And, and usually it's his papers. Us, A few of us engineers actually read that stuff. But, it, but um, it, so I guess I, I bring that up because uh, I agree with, with a lot of what he has to say. Not everything, but a lot of it... Um, initially is durability i mean right. so you could have the best shape in the world but once that hits that rib bone if it deforms bets are all off the strength the you know the ability for it to penetrate it all goes out the window so durability is a big deal um you know the, the sharpness of the blade you know the, the shape of the ferrule and all that stuff that that all matters that blade angle does too um and that's a big thing um uh at the Bone Collectors, uh, T-Bone, uh, when we're working with new designs and stuff, his first question always is, well, what's that blade angle? Yeah. To him, it's a huge, huge thing, uh, especially with the mechanicals, is making sure we're not chopping and that we're slicing. Yeah. So so uh, it's important. It's not the only thing. but right. um, I got a, a question about replaceable blades. I'm, I'm just looking through your catalog here. I see that you guys offer replaceable blades. Yeah. I am not a replaceable blade guy. I've right. never, even if they come with them, I've never switched them out. Uh, what is, what is your market like that? I mean, do you? I mean, obviously, you have enough interest in it, so people want to buy it, or you wouldn't be selling them separate. Right. 
Um, you're talking just a replaceable yeah. other than a fixed blade, like yeah, a like monolithic fix, what, like Whatever, that. whatever. I mean, do you have enough cry out? For me, I just go buy a new pack. I think generally most people do that. I mean, yeah. it's a bloody, fatty, you know, mess afterwards. And yeah. a lot of guys are just like, okay, it did its job. I'll put it in the corner or do whatever they do with it, and yeah. then they move on. I think people, a lot of people like the option. Yeah. You know, if, if they were to run out of broadheads and they couldn't go and, and get more, well, I have some blades I can, I can replace them. But I, I would generally think most people treat broadheads like uh, their one-kill kind of. Yeah, one-time use. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So, But there are some guys that, that we'll get be like, man, I just shot my 20th deer with this Montech, <laughs> yeah. you know? Yeah. So That's crazy. <laughs> All right, so uh, every year on YouTube or – Instagram or whatever, somebody does a broadhead comparison. Right. Right. They 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 get about fifty broadheads. They shoot them. Whatever. They try to be as you know unbiased as possible. Right. Is there something about a a G five broadhead that is, I guess, brag worthy or just from a a design engineering standpoint that is just it makes it an awesome broadhead. In relation to those tests, well, or yeah, I mean, it, what what makes it good? Because I always no. see on, on these, I always see G five perform at like uh, at the top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, from us, um, I think you know, kind of what we're known for is the durability and and uh, reliability, and not in just the sense of, but you know, if they go from one model to the other, if they go from a striker to a Montec to yeah. a dead meat. Um, um, they know the the quality is there, yeah. um, and that and that the durability. Maybe, maybe there's a feature on there that they don't like, you know, or or maybe they thought would be a little different. But I think most people, when they when they see G5, they know they're getting a quality product, um, and it's and it's going to p- perform at the the highest level they need, and you know, yeah, that that most critical situation. Um, Maybe we're not the the sharpest in one model, or or the biggest cut in the other one, or maybe we don't have an 85 grain model or something like that. But uh, I think generally, people know us because of the Montec. Really, uh, they could shoot that thing into a cinder block, right? Yeah. And that and so that, that strength, durability, quality thing is is kind of been uh, what we've been known for. Okay. So you guys, and like most, I'm not saying every single year but you guys try to put out a new broadhead every single year right uh we try try yeah yeah Yeah. how hard is that to do and it's extremely because we don't yeah (laughs) (laughs) Uh, it's our intent to do that but um you know competition is is steep um for sure um and we, we try not to get too it's easy to get distracted with uh perceived problems Mm -hmm. you know um and so it's it sometimes it takes time to get refocused on trying to solve real problems that that people have um like a new problem that's shown up is because crossbow use is legal through most of the country now and speeds are you know over 450 feet now Uh, that's a new problem that broadheads didn't have to worry about 10 years ago right um and so those those are some new problems there um that have come up some uh, barbed rules in, in states. You couldn't use certain things. Yep. Um, 
uh, but but now you can. So there's the, some of that's changed. Um, but yeah, it's it's tough, you know. Um, but nothing's perfect. Um, not a single one of our products is perfect, and so there's opportunity there to to make it better. What? Um, so the the striker was a tried and true fixed blade broadhead for a very long time. Right. I see. I think it was last year, the year before, you came out with the V2. The V2. What yeah. What drove that change? Ah, uh, the run out. Okay. So the um, the other thing that we were known for is uh, it's been tested, right? Um, uh, the Montec you could put on an arrow as long as it's square. That's why we came with the arrow square in the vise. Uh, make sure your arrow is square. You screw that broadhead on, it's going to spin. It's it's developed into the process and the design of making that. In a way, we we almost can't develop a, a Montec that or ship a Montec that's sharpened without it spinning true. The Striker had. Uh, and that's 100%, uh, not 100%, but 99 point whatever percent, every Montec is within 10 thousandths or better. Right. The Striker, every once in a while, would just tolerance stack up because it's multiple pieces. Uh, we'd get a couple that would run out 12 thousandths or, or 11 thousandths, and that's just not okay. Um, and so we, we um, that was really just, we have to solve that. Because the spinning the head, you know, it looks good. You know, a lot of guys do that with their hand on a table, and it looks good. But that's a really big deal for for accuracy. Yeah. Um, yep. And that's why there's fletching that imparts a spin to that arrow. Spinning that head um, is, a, is a huge part of accuracy. So we wanted to make a more accurate head, and uh, that's okay. what drove that. And All then right. as far as the speed goes and cross, is that just more of a problem on your mechanical end? Yeah, and specifically because we have a rearward sliding, because yep. it wants to open. Uh, the the scissor ones are uh, style the old um, uh, over the top kind of uh, blades. They don't want to open. They want to stay close, so they don't have that issue. Um, but they take a lot of energy to open, right. and they deflect. So um, for us, it's it's a it's a more of a unique challenge than maybe some other designs. Um, but once our head gets to the target, we outperform the other ones hands down. So, okay. um, so obviously, you customers are very vocal at times. How do you how do you uh, turn customer feedback into innovation and potential change? Uh, it, a lot of different ways. Yeah. Um, uh, you know. The V2 was part of that. You know, some guys were like, man, I just, I'm a little bit more accurate, you know, past 60 yards with the Montec versus the Striker. There should be no reason geometry-wise. It's just we know there was a run out, so if we could do that, we, we could push that. Um, uh, we get feedback from all over. I mean, it, I think anybody these days, uh, you know, with YouTube and with the Internet and everything, you, you can see that there's a ton of smart people out there doing a yeah. lot of creative stuff that are just as passionate and just putting as much work as in you. So um, to think that we only have the great ideas in G5 yeah. is is naive and foolish. So um, we'll take any great idea we can get from anywhere. <laughs> Absolutely. Do you, do you test your broadheads side by side with other brands? Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, constantly. Yeah, okay. we have big tubs of competitors' yes. broadheads and what happens? Absolutely. What happens? Or bows and what happens when a competitor beats you in one of those tests? What do you do? You get humbled really quick, yeah. and then you get motivated and a little pissed off to to work harder and beat them. 
You know, I mean, there's a lot of smart people, a lot of capable people. Um, and so you just, you have to be honest if you really want to uh, innovate and, yeah. and get better. So, yeah. All right. So if there's a guy out there who's listening to this and maybe he's not shooting a G5 or he's starting to shop for a new broadhead, why should he consider G5? Uh, there's a um, lot to boil that down. I mean, we are we are we're the we're the quality leader. I mean, we're a, uh, a, a family business um, that's been manufacturing um, longer than anybody, and I think that's part of the quality that you get out of G5 um, year in year out, model after model. Um, I think even some of the heads that we did in our first year in 2000. Um, are still better quality than, than some of our competitors. So with, with us, you, you're gonna get quality, you're gonna get reliability, you need a company that um, is gonna be around. Um, and uh, uh, a company that uh, really strives to solve real problems um, to make archers more successful. I mean, uh, the first broadhead we ever developed, we'd, we'd, my dad and I developed for ourselves um, so we could get a head to go through a shoulder and, stay, and not lose that animal. You know, I was a little kid, you know, 12. I was smaller than most kids. So I didn't, I didn't, I couldn't push, I didn't have the kinetic energy to get through. So I wounded uh, quite a few deer to, be, to begin with because I'd just go to that shoulder and I couldn't get through. Um, so that, that's what drives us is to make ourselves better as hunters. Um, um, and I think that comes through with the designs and the, uh, uh, the product that you see. And there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Huge shout out to Nate for taking time out of his day to hop on the episode. I know the ATA is crazy, uh, so I appreciate everybody who took time to interview uh, with us. And uh, really, that's it, man. If you want to see a product discussed or a category discussed or a topic discussed relating to gear on the Hunting Gear Podcast, feel free to reach out to myself uh, on uh Instagram or Facebook, Nine Finger Chronicles, or Bob at Hybrid Outdoors. Send us a DM, give us some ideas, and we will definitely put it on the queue, and we'll definitely talk about it. Other than that, stay safe out there, wash your hands, and we'll talk to you next time.